Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. Hi, I'm Steve Maguka, and I'm condemned to follow the fluctuating fortunes of Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Steve Maguka. Hello, I'm Jake, a Newcastle fan. You can get me on Twitter at JakeJack with two N's. I write for EPL Index and The Boot Room. All right, thanks so much for joining us, guys. Uh, up first, we're going to discuss some uh, relevant topics throughout the league. We're going to start off with this very busy winter period. There are going to be two times over this period where there are going to be three separate quote-unquote match days within one full week. Um, I know in the NFL, a lot of people are trying to get rid of the Thursday game, saying it endangers the players. Um, I'd, I'd be interested to see the injury statistics on these, these periods to see if it does get worse. What do you guys think about all these matches kind of being jammed in together as, while other leagues obviously are just taking a nice reprieve and, and break? Well, I, I always uh, used to be an advocate for the Christmas break, for the concept of the Christmas break in some form because it, I felt it put us, well, it put the domestic teams at a disadvantage when it came to international competition, Kev, but uh, I think everything's sort of up for grabs at the moment. Who knows, you know, with the the World Cup coming up in Qatar, who knows between now and then whether we'll end up with some kind of international break over the over the Christmas period. Uh, as far as Spurs are concerned, I mean, uh, tonight we, we got back on track a little bit uh, following up on the uh, the Stoke result the other day. It was uh, good for get our confidence back after a couple of uh, very shaky performances. Um, over over Christmas, I mean, I think uh, we've got City next weekend, and that's uh, that's always a tricky one, sort of going up there. Although I do feel we're we're very well matched with them, and I think we give them a game very often because they play in a similar style to us. They come out and attack; nobody sits back, and it's uh, it's very often an open game with lots of goals. And I, I expect something like that again at the Etihad next week. Um, but after that, you know, our, our Christmas period, our Christmas and, and New Year period is actually pretty, pretty reasonable from our perspective. We've got, uh, we're away to Burnley. That could be tricky given, you know, how high flying they are at the moment. But then, uh, we have, uh, I think it's Southampton, Swansea and West Ham in that, in that order with Southampton on Boxing Day. Um, and I mean, all of those, all of those games really are sort of within our, within our capabilities, uh, especially with a, an expanded squad. I mean, I think the one, Crucial thing uh, is that we're we're going to miss Toby. Toby Alderweireld is going to be out for um, uh, probably until the end of the year, so that's obviously a consideration. But uh, but we've been we've been doing uh, pretty pretty well uh, in, in his absence um, in terms of the back three or back four, depending on where Dyer slots in. So uh, on the whole, a, a very it was a, a nervy couple of games where we uh, we sort of lost our way a little bit. But I think I think we might be back on track, and I'm I'm pretty optimistic for the for the holiday period. Yeah, Jake, how do you feel about the concept of of this busy winter period on the whole, and then how it applies to Newcastle? 
Um, I've always liked the Christmas period. I quite like having the little games and there being games uh, on TV pretty much every day. I think it's, I think maybe being in England as well is kind of like a it's just become like part of the part of the holidays, so to speak. Uh, just like uh, Boxing Day, especially it's sort of like a football day. I always like go. It seems to be like when I always see like all my friends that are back from uni and stuff like that. Um, and we always go, go to the pub. So it seems like a bit of an event, Christmas football, a lot more than it does normally. And uh, you normally get a few weird results. Um, and it, it sort of just shakes the league up a little bit. So I, th- I think it's a really good thing <laughs> for Newcastle. We need something that will shake the league up in our favour. So I'll take whatever we could get. <laughs> we I Look at our fixtures. I think we got City and Arsenal in two of our next three. And then we got, I think the other two, two we got coming up in West Ham and Brighton. So... I'd say we probably need to win, beat West Ham and Brighton, but given how we're doing at the moment, that's probably not going to happen. So I think we're just trying to get get to January. So this year, the fact that there's lots of games probably goes against us because we want as few games as possible before January, and we're probably going to lose a lot of ground over the next few weeks. But you never know. Uh, City, I mean, I think they're going to have to lose at some point, and why not? It, why can't they lose it in like a really weird situation where nobody expects them to lose and they just go to St. James Park and, and lose? I mean, I'm clinging on to that. I think when Chelsea were unbeaten, I think it was 14-15 or it might be, yeah, 14-15, they were unbeaten for sort of 10-11 games. Do you remember that? Yeah, the start of the season. Yeah, then, they, then it was at St. James Park that they lost. So we do have a, a slight record of ending on beating streaks. So, yeah, I'm going to cling on to that. But, yeah, I like it. I think it's a good – I think it's probably the most fun part of the year and it gets I sort of gets bookended, I'd say, probably by the weekend that's just started and the uh, the FA Cup third round. I think that's probably bookends it. And I think that's probably one of the best weekends of the uh, of the football and calendar. It's always one of the best ones. So, yeah, I, I'm, I, I love Christmas. Uh, I love Christmas football. I, I, think it's a, I think it's a good thing. I would like to see it go. It probably has negatives for – international tournaments and injuries and stuff like that but I think it's part of it and I think it's part of what makes the uh, the Premier League special mm. and, and it is balanced every club has to do it it's not like some clubs are being forced into it and others are not uh but yeah I, I think it's it's very enjoyable to watch I mean as a uh content provider it's a very busy time um but I think the how fun it is being able to watch your team so consistently definitely makes up for it and Steve I agree with you uh with uh specifically Tottenham uh, we tend to do very well over this period. This this tends to be where we make up some ground, and we're already a step ahead with Liverpool and Arsenal drawing two consecutive weeks. Like two weeks ago, everybody was bemoaning Tottenham and saying they're in seventh, and what's happened to Mauricio Pochettino? Did this book coming out ruin their season? And we're in fourth today. So just little grains of salt, but typically uh, we do do well over this period. Um, and our show at the weekend, because obviously our shows are also coming thick and fast over this winter period, um, we discuss the teams that have uh, positively surprised us. Obviously, shouts for Burnley and Watford, and even a shout for Manchester City, because they've been even more impressive than anybody really predicted. Um, this week, unfortunately, going to look at the other side of that coin um, to, to teams that we think could potentially be facing relegation. Uh, for me, I think Swansea unfortunately look locked to go down unless something changes soon um spoke to get to off air uh today and he was saying he thinks clement will be there at least till uh the turn of the year which i think is just another couple weeks of hurting themselves um and i think huddersfield unfortunately are trending down after they had such a hot start to the season uh i don't know who the third team is uh what are your guys thoughts on, on who might be going down be so quick to write Swansea off to be honest with you. I know they're playing they're playing some poor stuff at the moment, but really they're still only 
two points off the bottom, uh, or the, you know, off the off the next place up. Uh, and and actually, you've got three teams there: West Brom, Crystal Palace, and West Ham, who are on fourteen. And Swansea are still, you know, within a win of getting out of the bottom three. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure we can actually sort of write them off too quickly. I, for me, usually at this stage of the season, the the, the key indicator is the um, goals against or the the negative goal difference. And I think if you look at that, you've got um, West Ham, Palace, Stoke, and Huddersfield, all of whom have what 16, 17, 18 uh, negative um, mm. goal difference. And and that if that if you extrapolate that through the rest of the season, then those are going to be the teams who are going to be in trouble. Uh, either you know, obviously you're not scoring enough, or you're you're letting too many in. So I think those are the teams who are who are um, who are probably going to end up struggling. But as we were saying before the show started, Kev, uh, I mean last season or at the start of this season, I actually remember saying to you that I, I thought that the three promoted teams would probably stay up because there were already so many poor sides in the bottom half last year. Uh, and, and I haven't really changed my, uh, my opinion on that. I think there are a number of teams uh, who I think could, could slip down into, into the relegation places. That, uh, but it, it's still too early really to, to talk with any finality about who might end up sort of scrapping for it. But it's, you can certainly see it being you know three from seven or eight at this stage. Uh, and I think teams like Leicester and Everton seem to be turning things around now, uh, putting a, a nice little run together and playing some good football. So I wouldn't expect them to end up in the bottom half. But uh, but you never know. I think it's 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 still way too early to, to rule anybody out. Mm. Uh, on Everton, they were in the relegation places three weeks ago, currently right. sitting in 10th to, to yeah. finalize your point on how close everything is down there. Jake, unfortunately, Newcastle are kind of in this mix. How are you feeling at the moment? Yeah, I'm not feeling too confident. <laughs> After like, uh, I think it's eight games now, we've taken one point. It's very difficult to be confident. Um, I think Newcastle have just become a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy in that Rafa Benitez all season has spoken about a lack of quality and how he needs to spend more money. And if you keep saying that, it's going to become true. And that's sort of what's happened. When you watch us now, I just, we don't look that good. Uh, at the start of the season, we are good at the back and didn't score many goals. Then we switched up to a 4-4-2 and brought Dwight Gale in. And then we scored quite a few goals, but we've not we've conceded a lot as well. So, uh, And then tonight, we switched back to sort of a more defensive formation. And, and we're very unlucky, I'd say, against Everton. We hit, the, we hit the post twice, and we conceded through a goalkeeping error. So like, if it's not, if it's not going your way, it's not going your way. And tonight, it was an example of that. We probably should have won that game. Like if if we had if we had the luck if one of those shots goes in and Carl Darlow keeps hold of the ball we win so it's, it's just when things are going against you they are and that's what's happening with Newcastle Road it's very difficult to see where our next win's coming from uh, we got Arsenal and City in two of our next three and I think the other two games around that are West Ham and Brighton so you have to say we probably have to win at least one of the West Ham or Brighton games or we're probably going to drop into the bottom three but despite this bad run we're not we're not there yet we're still out of the relegation zone and we're only incredibly three points off 11th like that's mental <laughs> we've lost if we'd have just won one of these games we would we we wouldn't even be that worried it's just if, if it, it is but it's bad but in this league if you if you win two or three if you know if you go on a bit of a run you a bit like four unbeaten you win a couple of games you're going to surge up that table and i think we're definitely capable of doing that even with the squad we got at the moment, but it's just it's just difficult to see where that first win's coming from. It's just the team look completely devoid of confidence. Benitez 
it sort of looks like he had a bit of an identity crisis. He's gone for for three five two. He's gone for four four two when he's been four two three one throughout his whole managerial career. It's he's he's struggling, and uh, I think he he'd admit that. But it's not terminal yet. But it's yeah, it's not great either. Um, out of the other teams, I'd say of the teams I've seen. I'd, I'm not. I'm not convinced. About, I'm not. I'm not completely on the on the Huddersfield to go down trade yet. I think they always turn up with a win. Like they're very good, just getting the odd win here and there, and that just keeps them way out of, way out of trouble. They're four points above the relegation zone now, and I think they're more than capable of just picking up a home win somewhere around Christmas, and that will just keep them out of there. I don't think Bournemouth are that great. They were probably one of the worst teams I've seen at St James Park this season, and we probably should have won that game as well. Last-minute goals, that, just, that was unfortunate. Stoke don't look great, but I think they'll change their manager. West Brom have got Pardew. Um, they've only won twice all season, so it's difficult to see them getting completely out of it, but they've got a lot of experience. Palace, I think, they'll be completely fine. They, they, they look really good, and I think... They've been pretty good all season. They've just not had the luck, and that sort of changed for them recently. So I think they'll be fine. West Ham seem to be on the up, and I think they've got the talent that should be enough. So it's difficult to know the three. I'd say at the moment, Swansea, I think, are probably going to go down. I think it's their time. They've been down there for a few seasons, and, and I, I just think it's, they've just had their time. I think it's just one season too many. I think, I think Brighton might go as well. They're a free fall as much as we are. And yeah, I, if I had to say right now, I'd say we're going to go down, to be honest. But I'm just, it's just very difficult for me not to say that after watching us in the last eight games. But yeah, it's, it's tight. I think there's anyone from that bottom eight could go down. Yeah, I agree. Also, a, a club that nobody's mentioned yet um, that I will is Stoke who probably would be fine just talent level-wise. I assume that they're going to make a managerial change at some point because Mark Hughes is, is inspiring very little in his players at the moment. But uh, their their match against Tottenham, which again was a four-goal differential, um, which is the fourth consecutive time that's happened. Players, and, and I, <laughs> I told people this on the weekend show, if you're interested, go back and just watch any 10-minute period of that match and see how many players are just standing around while Tottenham were passing through them. Like, not even, like, light jogging. Just literally standing still. Um, I think if they got a new manager in, I think they would turn around. But right now, they are not looking particularly good uh, either. Um, We are going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with specific questions for each of our guests. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. 
Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware. All right, and we are back uh, doing a little bit snake draft style here, so we'll come back to you, Jake, immediately. Uh, the big news for Newcastle today was not a frustrating uh, loss. It was uh, that it sounds like you're ever closer to being officially taken over. Uh, Amanda Stavely is the name that's in the news. Uh, she's known for having facilitated the Manchester City buyout. So I guess the first question is, um, what do you think of, of the takeover and how much do you think it can turn around the club? And secondly, do you know if she is acting kind of on her own or if she is again facilitating kind of a higher power here? It's definitely a good thing. Um Yes, it's definitely a good thing. I think if it goes through uh, the 300 billion uh, price that's being rumored in the media, I think if that goes through, it'll be the second big. It'll be the biggest take, English takeover since Manchester United. So I mean, it's quite a, it's quite a big deal. It's sizable. Um, that obviously, if you if you're going to be spending that much on a football club, you're going to have to have ambitions to do more than just use it as a business like Mike Ashley's doing. They must have some sort of ambition. Um, yeah, it's just a very good person in front of bid. So I don't know if if she. I think the plan is she'll be chairwoman, but I can't imagine it's her own money. I think there must be. She's got a lot of links in the Middle East, so I think there could be some sort of money source from there. But it's a bit like when we appointed Rafa Benitez as manager. It just might be. This might be too little, too late. It's like you have the optimism of a takeover, but you could go down in the same season. It's it's. It would be Mike Ashley's parting gift to like leave us in a, in a position where we're going to get relegated. That would be ridiculous. I don't think it's going to go through before January, but from what I'm reading, they, the, the, she can put money into the club uh, through Mike Ashley. And it, there's ways to do it. I think Man City bought players before they got taken over. I think there's ways to do it. So I, I think there will be money there. And I think that, that is our hope at the moment. It's, it's January or bust. I think we need to get there. And we're going to have to spend... A sizable amount of money. I think we're probably talking fifty, sixty million if we if we want to stay up comfortably. If we want to continue, apparently are like we can't be signing Jocelyn's. Like we can't go for a, another window signing those type of players because they're just not good enough to take us any higher than we already are. We need to invest in a quality striker, probably a quality goalkeeper and a, a central midfielder as well. I'd say they're probably the three positions we really need. Just strengthen the spine. Um, I think it's it's definitely yeah it's. It's definitely a good thing. I think Rafa Benitez had a massive part to play in it. From from what I've read, he's he was the one that brought this this com, uh, part, uh, you know, consortium to Newcastle. So he sort of brokered the deal himself. It's it's it's, it's very weird. It's a very weird takeover, but we'll see what happens. Um, I'm confident. Uh, I think in five years' time we're going to be in a we're going to be a top half Premier League club. But whether we go do that via the Championship completely possible i don't i i think it's probably going for a lot quicker than people would have expected due to our recent results i think if you're buying a football club you're going to want to change that if you see they're doing bad you're probably going to want to change that before you buy like the quicker you can get involved the better so i think i think it's a good thing it's it's sort of it's the progress is being made i think we'll probably sign a few players in january which players they'll be i don't know but i think we're going to be operating in a higher than we were in the summer, which is a good thing. Um, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a it's a good thing. If if by the end of the season we've got a new owner, our manager, and we have Premier League status, like the sky's the limit for us. I think I think we we will not be in this position again. But like what happened when we appointed Bidi as manager in the first place, <laughs> like if we go down, it's just a massive step back. It is, yes, yeah, 
it's just a lot of hope at the moment. I hope we can stay up. I hope we keep Benitez and I hope we get this takeover. But there's a lot of unknown, there's a lot of things that are just not known yet. We, we don't really know what they want for the club. It's, it's we don't know a lot about who's taking over. But yeah, I, it's a good thing. I think we'll buy some players in January and hopefully we stay up and then we can take it from there. Uh, just because you get a huge influx of cash does not necessarily mean that it would um, be spent particularly well. I mean, we've we've seen uh, of note the, the the two biggest kind of windfalls cash wise. Um, what Everton did when they lost Lukaku, what Tottenham did when they lost Bale, spending a lot of money on a lot of players, in theory fixing a lot of holes, but somehow destabilizing the team. Um, do you think you would just try to focus on two or three players, or would you just kind of try to do a full squad overhaul and just kind of hope it worked? I think in January, I think we're going to buy two, I think maximum four, but I'd suggest two, two or three players to really just add quality. I think I do think it's the time to rehaul the squad. Um, it's you're you're right to point out it could, it could set us back, or it, it might not go as it might not be as quick a progress as we think. But could it be any worse than what we've been doing recently? Probably not. <laughs> I think we signed Josselu as, as like our main signing during the summer. That is just not good enough for a Premier League. But his team. aerial duels one rate is really <laughs> high. <laughs> he scored again at the weekend, and it? it was like his only goal that didn't look like it was a complete luck. So he's making progress in that regard. I think he's a, he's fine. He's decent. I think he can play a role, but he shouldn't be starting for a Premier League team. I I think yeah. I think I think Benitez is clever enough to know what we need and what would work and what would be too much. I think the fact he's overseeing it, I have complete faith in him. I it's wavered a little bit over the last eight games. I'm not totally convinced he's as good as I thought he was, but I think for where we are at the moment, he's still the man to progress us. Um yeah, and I think he he I don't think he's gonna be doing anything stupid in January. I think he'll bring in a striker. I think he'll bring in a central midfielder and a goalkeeper. And I think if we get that, we... Because a lot of our, the points we're dropping are just individual errors and a lack of quality in the final third. If you... Like, to, uh, Cole Darley made a mistake against Leicester. To let Namara short, he made a mistake today to fumble the ball. He probably should never have been brought into the team instead of Rob Elliott. <laughs> but he was, and that's cost us. And it's just individual errors. And it's, it's really annoying. We're not that bad. <laughs> we're just just self-destruct every single week and we get no luck in the final third. So if you add a bit of quality, let's, um, I'm spitballing now. I don't know if these players would come to Newcastle, but I think if you, if, if you go into the January and you sell Newcastle, it's look, we've just been taken over. We've got Rafa Benitez. He's won the Champions League, a big fan base. We're going to, we've got ambition to grow the club, like be a part of it from now. And if you go to maybe a Daniel Sturridge, he's not doing a lot. Where's, where could he go ahead? Like Newcastle might not, Right, right now might not be a great move, but is he going to get much better? Probably not, or he's a very similar uh, Michy Batshuayi alone. Like, if you get somebody of that quality, um, I've seen Danny Ings linked, I think he'd probably be the very low level of what I'd want. I think we should probably be aspiring higher. But yeah, if you, if say 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 we get a Daniel Storage and um, I don't know Michel Vorm, say so he's not playing a lot, you, you might be able to get him after <laughs> Gazanika played pretty well <laughs> in the one game we played. But say you could get Michel Vorm and Daniel Sturridge, that instantly makes Newcastle look like a team that's definitely going to stay. If we sign those two players, those two players and maybe another one, but to say we sign just those two players, would you be more confident Newcastle would stay in the league? Yeah, yeah, that's that's all it needs. We need it's 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 not going to be a great. I think it's going to be very tight for us. But if just add a bit of quality, just 
boost the squad a little bit, uh, maybe motivate those within the squad and, and to see that we're going places, just provide a little bit of a, a boost. Then I think, yeah, I think we won't sign a lot in January. I still think Mike, Mike Ashley is still going to be in control of the club. So that's despite if it's his money or not, it's still probably going to make us pretty inefficient in the transfer market in, in regards to getting deals done. But I think we'll get a, a, a couple of players and... Yeah. See, if we go into January, we say we beat Brighton and we get a draw against West Ham, we're going with 19 points and we sign a couple of players, I think we're probably fine. But yeah, it's a lot of ifs and buts at the moment. I think I'm just concentrating on what is happening and we haven't been taken over yet. So I will just concentrate on now till the start of January and then see where it goes. But I, I think, yeah, it, does, it won't take a lot to keep us up. And then from there, you can do what you want and they could bring in their five-year plans or their whatever they want. But yeah, I, I, I think we're not going to go crazy in January, uh, takeover or no takeover. Mm. All right, coming to you now, uh, Steve, to talk about Tottenham. Um, despite both of them performing fairly well for their uh, international sides, including Ericsson basically single-handedly putting Denmark um, in the World Cup, neither of them have been playing particularly well over the last month or so. Della really not performing well this season on the whole um, first of all, how concerning is that? And second of all, how impressive is it that Tottenham as a team have still been able to stay around this fourth place spot without two of their best players really performing up to up to standard? Right, absolutely, and especially with the injury to Toby, as we were talking about earlier. Uh, and one other uh, thing to mention from tonight's game, of course, and, and you brought it up with the, uh, the, the issue about the bail money. Uh, Eric Lamella back for his first start in forever, it seems. Uh, so happy to see him back. Um, but yeah, it's the fact that we, you know, we go through these, these cycles. Uh, we hadn't had them last season where we were pretty consistent, especially at home. Um, where now we're, we're essentially, you never know with the, the lower teams who come to defend, uh, you're always going to be challenged and it's going to be a matter of, uh, you know, if we can break them down, if we can score first now, it gets to the point where, uh, anything could happen. We went through a little run of games there where, if we conceded first, uh, that, that seemed to be, you know, back to the old Spurs. If you remember what that used to be like, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> but now I think we're back. We're back in a groove, really, to be honest with you. And, and as we were talking about earlier, we've got a, a decent run of games coming up. I'm very optimistic, actually, about us going up to to City this coming weekend, and that's the toughest of the of the upcoming games. Uh, I think I think we'll get a point. I think we'll we'll get a point at City uh, this weekend, and and the rest of the, as I say, the Christmas program, uh, it, you know, should be a, a good challenge for our expanded squad. You know, with Lamella back and and Kudu coming into the squad and that sort of thing. Um, the, the fact that we're there or thereabouts uh, is testament also to how how good our defence is and the fact that we're not letting in that many goals. Uh, and especially, you know, the, the, the versatility of Dyer being able to sort of fill in for Toby, the fact that he's been uh, he's been out for a few games now, it sort of gives us a little bit more confidence um, uh, to build on that defense again. Um, I, just to go back to the, the, your point with Jake about uh, the takeover and that sort of thing, I think the, the most important thing from their perspective is that the, the takeover will give them some stability. Uh, and they'll be able to actually, I mean, you're not going to invest in the club without investing in the manager and you're going to keep the manager there for, for an extended period and he knows what he's doing. Uh, for, for us as well, our sort of main asset is our manager and our manager knows exactly, I think, what, uh, what he wants to do with the club over the, uh, over the coming months and years. At least I hope anyway. And, uh, 
uh, I think what we're looking forward to now more than anything is uh, moving into the knockout stages of the Champions League and having a, a you know a good couple of games against Juventus. I'm very happy with that draw. Uh, I wonder what you think of it, Kevin. But I, given the teams that we could have got, uh, I'm actually more happy with playing Juve than I would be playing against Porto or Seville or uh, Basel because we we do always seem to be able to raise our game against better teams and teams that play more like us, as I was saying earlier about the City game. So I think there's a lot to be optimistic about for us over the next couple of months. Uh, strategically going forward, I mean, I can't really, again, it comes down to this old argument about if you're looking for transfer targets, well, who do they replace? If you, What level of player do you buy mm. who replaces somebody who's already in your starting first 11? And one of the things we saw tonight and over the past couple of games is just how versatile Sonny is, for example. I mean, he scored again tonight. Um, and, and to have a player like that available, uh, we, you know, we always talk about the nightmare scenario if, if Harry's out for an extended period, uh, then we can just switch up our play and, and put more emphasis on Sonny. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a joy and it's wonderful to have a player like that. And uh, he, he deserves really to get more starts. Um, but you're right about Delhi. That's a worrying. It's a worrying thing going forward. But um, you, you know, you, uh, form is temporary, class is permanent, as they say. And he's he's a class player, and I'm glad we have him. Yeah, I did mention on a previous show that I read an article all about how uh, this is Della's sophomore slump, and how funny it is that it's happening in his third year. Um, typically, yeah. not how sophomore slumps tend to go. Um, it's a, it's a <laughs> Album. Yeah, yeah, agree with you um, to an extent on Juventus, although they can defend better than a lot of those other teams, but do agree with you that we do tend to step up to the plate when we play tougher opposition and obviously do have the slight benefit of having beaten them at Wembley uh, in the preseason as well. And both teams did field fairly strong 11s in that one. Um, to follow up on, on another big narrative this season, Tottenham struggle at Wembley, um, quietly, uh, nobody's really talking about, about the fact that Tottenham have now won five of their last six at Wembley in all competitions and lost none of them. Uh, do you consider this now to be kind of dusted and in the past? I think so. And I, I, as you know, Kevin, because we spoke about this at the start of the season, that was one of the things I was really worried about simply because uh, the, the atmosphere from White Hart Lane last season was going to be impossible to recreate. But I think uh, I think we've done a really good job, actually, you know, fans as well as everything around the club, in, in turning it into a home stadium. I mean, I, I live in Belfast, so I don't get over for, for many games. I was last over for the Liverpool game. The atmosphere in that, as you can imagine, was just remarkable. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 I hope so. And I, I think especially talking about the Champions League and about how we, how we were disappointing at home last year, or when I say home, I mean Wembley last year, uh, for the Champions League's, uh, ties. I think that might be a different kettle of fish now. Uh, and I, I think with the Juve tie, with us having the second leg at home, uh, that gives us a, a tremendous advantage, I think. So uh, yeah, I, I hope, I hope it's all, it's all done and dusted, but, um, <laughs> it's only going to take, you know, two poor performances <laughs> or, you know, how these things, they, they're very cyclical. Yeah. So, but, I, but I'm happy, I'm happy so far. It hasn't turned out to be the house of horrors that I was, uh, that I was uh, expecting in a worst-case scenario. Mm. Yeah, although it has been blown out of proportion, as you say. Um, yeah, things fortunately turning around. But yeah, if, if, it, if it happened twice in a row again, I'm sure we'll be right back to talking about how Tottenham A can't fill it and B can't win in okay. Wembley. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, now we're going to move on to Player Watch, uh, where today we're going to be talking about uh, which players you think will be given a chance with the heavy rotation that comes with uh, the winter period. Well, uh, for Newcastle, we've got we've got a couple of young players I think may get a chance. Uh, one is is it Mitrovic time? <laughs> I think Mitrovic's career is over. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be seeing him again. To be honest, I, I I think the time has passed for Mitrovic. I think he's probably going to be sold in January. Uh, Rafa obviously doesn't rate him. I think he should. I think we should give him a go out before January, but he's probably not going to be given one. So yeah, he's probably gone. I think Rolanda Aaron's might get a few games. Uh, I think he looks. I think the one thing we lack at the moment is just a player to run at defences and and maybe maybe not one with a great end product but one that can that makes it that this unsettles the opposition defence. Isn't that meant makes to be like, Atsu? Yeah, but I don't think that is it. I think Atsu is mm. a lot more functional than than maybe. Yeah, so when he go, when he dribbles, he does look like he can do like unpredictable things, but he doesn't really do them. He's he's more just very quite functional. He works hard. I think Aaron's could be that guy. I think from. Every time I've seen him, he's always impressed me. I think there's probably reasons why he's not playing, maybe tactically, but I think we, he could. He we need to inject something into that attack, and I think Gale's probably not going to be playing much because when he, I, did, I think we've lost every game he started the season, which just I just don't think we've got the players to fit him in at the moment. So he's probably going to get benched. So I think Aaron's could be a good option to have. And I think this is going to might be a bit out there, but. It wouldn't surprise me a great deal, especially after Dallas' mistake today. But I think we might see Freddie Woodman come in and go. Uh, he was the goalkeeper for England uh, in the under-20s World Cup, which we won. He's very highly rated. He's trained with the uh, England senior team. Um, I th- he's a bit like... He could be similar to sort of a Jordan Pickford who, to emerge. I think he's maybe he's a bit younger than Pickford was. I think he's 20 at the moment. I think Pickford was 21 when he, when he started playing regularly for Sunderland. He's a little bit younger, but I think... I think we don't have anything to lose. I think it's already clear Rob Elliott's not a Premier League goalkeeper. I think it's obvious Carl Darlow's just got a mistake in him whenever he plays. I think he makes a lot of good saves, but he's just got a mistake in him. So I just I think we've got enough to lose by just throwing Freddie Woodman in. Yes, he could destroy his confidence. <laughs> I mean, I say that like it's it's a nothing thing. That is probably the major reason why he's not being given a chance yet. But I just <laughs> I think if if you're good enough, you should be able to play. And I think it's pretty clear he's probably. He's probably good enough. I just think the doubt is, if, is he too young? But if you look at what's happened to Pickford, you need to give him a chance at some point. And if he's not going to play now when we've not got a goalkeeper that the manager trusts, I don't know when he's going to play. If, if we're going to go buy another goalkeeper, it completely stops that. I think we should give him a chance. And I, I wouldn't, I don't expect it, but it wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more of Rolando Aaron's, uh over the next four games at least. And Steve, for Tottenham, who do you think we're going to see uh, extra glimpses of? Well, I think we'll see more of Juan Foyth uh, over the next uh, Christmas period games. Maybe not against City, but uh, uh, obviously with Toby being out for an extended period and, and being able to sort of use Eric in that uh, Eric Dyer in that role, uh, it would be good to see Foyth getting a bit of a run out against uh, against some of the teams that we've got coming up. Um, uh, also, you know, I'd, I'd like to see uh, Gazaniga getting another another chance in, in the goal. Uh, he did very well when he came on for his debut that time and. Uh, uh, it's good to sort of just keep the keep the competition bubbling and give Hugo a rest as well. But then, you know, we've got Wanyama coming back. I hope at some point, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and and Harry Winks has done really really well since he came in. So I, I don't think we need to think about disrupting the first the first choice um, the first uh, choice eleven particularly 
uh, too much over the Christmas period. Um, who knows? There might there might even be time to see Marcus Edwards in a in a first team shirt. But yeah, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves um, before before that actually happens. I think that'll happen soon enough anyway. Yeah, I'd love to see uh, more of Juan Foyth. Unfortunately, Edwards seems not as near the first team as the fans would certainly like. Um, We can uh, wrap up here. It's a little bit of a a shorter show, but we're trying to get this out to you as fast as possible. Uh, But we'll wrap up here with match previews. Uh, Jake, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, You're going to be traveling to Arsenal, which does not exactly seem uh, like the most fun match. Uh, What do you think we'll see in this one? Yeah, I think we'll probably lose. (laughs) (laughs) Someone that might have gone under the radar today, but it, it probably didn't because he's an idiot and it probably made headlines somewhere. <laughs> but John Joe Shelby got set off, so he's not going to be playing. <laughs> oh, oh, man. So it's so predictable, too. <laughs> oh, he's recently he's been on the bench and he's not been playing. And every time he doesn't start, there's always... Uh, the New- Newcastle fans are always saying, oh, Shelby should be playing. Who's our best player? This is why he doesn't play. <laughs> he's such a liability. Gah, I think, yeah, I think he's probably, he's like, like Mitrovic, he could be out at the door in January. It would not surprise me. I think <laughs> he's just an idiot. And yeah, he, so he's not going to be playing. So we probably won't get a player sent off, which is a good thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I feel it's difficult. But we, we went we went to Old Trafford, we went 1-0 up. We went to Stamford Bridge, we went 1-0 up. I mean, we didn't win either of those games, but it showed we can do something. And if there's a team that we could go 1-0 up against and completely destroy their confidence, it is Arsenal. So, yeah, weird results happen. It's it's not beyond the realms of possibility. But yeah, I think we're probably going to get beat. Um, I think we'll go in probably with a similar team that we went in with today. Hopefully, I'd rather, instead of Diame and Gale as the front two, I'd like to see Perez and Jocelyn, um, mainly because we won three games in a row when we had those two playing, and I just think we should go back to, well, just go back to the team when we won three games in a row. Probably there's probably reasons why Rafa's not picking that team, but nothing else is working, so that worked a little bit. So yeah, I'd go back to that and just soak up pressure, frustrate Arsenal. They're not the best defensive team. They've got midfield problems. Uh, especially losing the ball and, get, and getting counter-attacked on. So if you if you maybe drop Richie and put Aaron's in and, and that's on the other wing, maybe we can exploit them with pace. I don't know. Part of me thinks we might get something from this game, but I don't know why that is. Like, it's just Arsenal. <laughs> They're seventh in the league. They're not that good. They're below Burnley. So, yeah, I they've drawn their last two games against Southampton and, and West Ham, and although West Ham are looking better, like... They're not great. And also, Southampton got absolutely murdered by Leicester today, which made me feel a bit better about how we lost <laughs> to Leicester because we weren't that bad. We weren't that bad. Uh, I think, plus, if you look at how the games we've lost, I don't think they're terrible. We lost to Burnley. They're in fifth, uh, sixth position. That's fine. We lost to Bournemouth in the last minute when we had a goal wrongly disallowed. We probably should have won that game. We lost to Watford, who were very good, and they were on the crest of a wave at that point. They've sort of gone off for them since, but, yep, that happens. We lost to Chelsea, we lost to Man United, we lost to Leicester, who were on a roll, and we lost to Everton, who have got a new manager, and that seems to be doing something for them. It's like, they're not the worst. <laughs> I mean, in a row, it's awful, but it's not the worst one by one. So, yep, I... I I think we might get something here. I don't know why it is. I think we might just conjure up a crazy result. 
Arsenal seem to be going down a little bit. So yeah, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Mensa and say we're gonna win here. Jocelyn won. <laughs> I would like to point out that nobody on this pod is going to argue with that analysis right there. Um, yeah. Steve, you've alluded to the city match a couple times already this show. It is obviously a daunting one considering their uh, unbeaten start to the season. Their only non-win, if memory serves, was the Everton draw at the start of the season, which now looks pretty hilarious considering how their season's gone. Um, as you said, we tend to typically play fairly well against them. Sonny in particular seems to have good matches against them, which would be uh, in line considering his recent run of form. Uh, so, yeah, you, you said you're feeling pretty confident? I am, as a matter of fact. I mean, I, I think City play in a very similar style to us. They, they, there's no dead time in, in the game. There's always something happening. Somebody's always attacking. Uh, it, it's not like one or other team are going sit, to sit back and try to uh, defend nothing. So, um, you know, I, it's very rare that I agree with Antonio Conte, uh, but I do think that the league is really cities to win now, uh, or <laughs> cities to lose rather. I, I mean, it's up for debate whether, I don't think they can go the entire season unbeaten, but, uh, and, and it, it's up for debate whether the, that 11 point gap that they have at the moment or whatever it is, is, uh, that, that will be the gap at the end of the season. So, but there's too many, too many points to play for between now and then, but I do think it's, uh, it's totally in their hands. Uh, and of course, you know, when you look at our away record against the rest of the top six, uh, it's not very impressive. It basically speaks for itself. Um, but I do think uh, we can raise our game against a team that uh, is good in the way that we are good uh, and plays to the same strengths that we have. So I, I'm going to be uh, very ambitious, actually, and say uh, I think uh, we can get a 2-2 draw at the Etihad on Saturday, and uh, and I think um, I think we'll be good value for it. Uh, and the, the, the second game, actually, our next game uh, is away at Burnley, and that, in a way, is kind of a more challenging um, uh, task really when you think about you know Burnley being on a on a high at the moment on a roll uh, you know their their past form has been terrific they they they've obviously put the speculation about Sean Dyche's future to bed um, so you know I, that that is always a tricky one going to, to going to turf more when they're when they're playing with the sort of confidence that they are that might be that might be a potential banana skin but uh uh, if we can get four points out of out of the next two games, let's put it that way. I'm not going to break it down. I'll uh, I'll be very happy. Yeah, to your point, um, it would be much more Tottenham for us to beat City and then draw <laughs> nil nil against Burnley. Um, exactly that. Yeah, worth noting. Uh, Tottenham have not lost to Manchester City over the last two seasons, meaning that Pochettino has not lost to Pep Guardiola in yep. England, which needs to be clarified because, oof. Some of those Espanol teams, not so much. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, that will do it uh, for us today. So if you'd like to tell the folks where they can find you or anything you'd like to plug, now would be a good time. I'm Steve McGookin, and you can find me on Twitter, at Steve McGookin. Thank you. You can get my uh, Twitter adjects up with two ends. Uh, I write for EPL Index and The Boot Room, so check both of those out. Yeah, and I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Uh, you can find my writings at goal.com. We're also going to try to sneak out a fantasy show tonight. Obviously, that'll come out on this very channel as well. And also, uh, be sure to check out the championship show if you'd like to hear uh, about a lot of the teams that could be uh, on their way up next season, hopefully not replacing Newcastle. Um, thanks so much for joining us, guys. It's been a pleasure as always, and we hope you keep listening.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.